listening to Grow on the Go. We have something really interesting for you today. Um, I'm going to be interviewing Ruth Clarence. I have not met this woman, but I have to tell you I'm extremely curious because her book and seminar that she's going to be talking about are called The Hot and Holy Lady. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) So how are you, Ruth? I'm very well, thank you, Donna. We've been trying to get this together for quite some time now, haven't we? Yes, we really have. But somehow COVID got in the way and things got backed up a bit. They sure did. Oh, my goodness. It's been really challenging, um, especially since most of COVID, the COVID crisis so far, five months of it, my daughter, who is normally my co-host, has been in Australia. <laughs> oh. And she was commuting, telecommuting to work if you even still call it that, I don't even know, but she was working from Australia. So she was getting up at three in the morning to go to work. And um, I just couldn't bear to put on her the additional burden of having to do a podcast in the middle of the night as well. So I drafted my husband for a few weeks and uh, yeah, we had to get really creative. So yeah, good to uh, finally be back on track and have her back in the hemisphere she belongs in. (laughs) Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your ministry and how you got started in it. Well, to tell you the truth, Donna, if you would have asked me a number of years ago, if I'd be traveling the world talking about sex, I would have said you were crazy. Oh, and can I just interview, er, interview, obviously I'm doing that, interrupt you for a second, Ruth. I just want to say to our listeners, we are going to be talking about the sexual relationship in marriage. Um, It's going to be very tasteful. There's not going to be any like technique or nitty gritty. Um, But if you're more comfortable listening later, um, you know, um, if you're listening on Joy Radio right now, you can um, uh, subscribe to Grow on the Go podcast and get it that way. Or um, if you just want to usher some little people out of the room, if if that makes you more comfortable, that's fine. But Ruth assures me even children are going to be okay with this. So, okay. Having said all that, I'm sorry to have interrupted. Tell us about your ministry. Sure. Uh, as I said, if you would have told me that a number of years ago that I would be talking about sex and, and doing these kind of seminars, I would have said, you are crazy. But I had prayed the prayer of Jabez saying, Lord, you've, I've been used. I was a pastor's wife. I had been heavily involved in children's ministry. Could you enlarge my territory? Mm-hmm. Well, don't pray that unless you <laughs> Always are. Always a dangerous really prayer. Very, very dangerous prayer. So the short story is my husband asked me to address our own church ladies on the topic, understanding and meeting your husband's sexual needs. And he was going to do a workshop for the men. My first reaction was, I don't really think that is my area of expertise. I'm a school teacher, pastor's wife. Uh, But he said, no, I want you to just address it from an ordinary Christian woman's perspective. So I agreed. I did. The ladies loved it. They said, Ruth, you're the first Christian woman who's actually talked to us in an ordinary Christian woman's context. From there, I was asked to speak at a a large convention. From there, I was asked to speak at just numerous churches because word of mouth saying, Ruth, come to, can you come to our group? You know, we've never heard this before. Would you, would you um, join our conference or, or workshop or whatever? And so I agreed. 
from there, people said, Ruth, you, you have so much information. We can't get it all written down. Can you write a book? So it was the year 2000. I said to Simon, should I write a book? And he goes, why not? That's a great project. So I did. I wrote the book. And from there, I have traveled literally around the world talking about this. And as I said, this is all the Lord's idea, not mine. And I very um, um, frankly tell ladies, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I'm not a sex therapist. I'm none of the above. But I'll tell you what I am. I'm a woman who loves the Lord with all her heart. I'm a woman who loves her husband with all her heart. And I'm a woman who knew next to nothing about this when I got married but I was willing to learn. And ladies say, Ruth, that's why we came to hear you was because you're just like us. We didn't want to come to a professional. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but we can relate to you because you've been an engaged lady, a mother of preschoolers, a mother of teenagers, and now a menopausal woman. So you get it from an ordinary <laughs> woman's perspective. So that's well, and I think for when um, I, I don't know how old you are. I suspect I'm older than you are. I'm older than practically everyone. But <laughs> <laughs> I, when I first got married almost 40 years ago, there wasn't a lot of good material out there written by Christians for Christians. There really and, wasn't. And I think we were so afraid of being, you know, polluted by the world's ideas about sexuality that we we went into our, our marriage relationships pretty uneducated. Very much so. I knew next to nothing about it. My mom said nothing to me before we got married. She was a very good mother and prepared me for marriage in many other areas. In this area, not a word. The uh, premarital counseling we had was about 15 minutes. Yes, ours too. And that was it. So the fact that I had to all of a sudden meet the sexual needs of a man, it was a huge learning curve. And this is why, again, why ladies say, Ruth, thank you for talking about this because it's filling a need. Our church is not talking about it. I don't want to talk to my pastor's wife about it. I don't want to talk to my girlfriends. Well, and the chances are good. Your pastor's wife is just as in the dark as anybody else. Hey, absolutely. Unless we really put some effort into learning. That's right. That's right. So because of that fact, ladies just seem to connect and say, and you're even a pastor's wife and you can say the word sex. And I said, oh, yes, it's a very (laughs) biblical word, girls. And I have no trouble saying it in a tasteful, godly manner. And so that's really how I got started. Well, and you know, it's it's just such a huge need. And I've seen this so often at the Family Life uh, Canada conferences yes. we speak at. Mm-hmm. Um, after one of the times um, my husband and I did um, the, the presentation on, on physical oneness, I mean, we were really, really vulnerable. And I always sort of have this, you know, vulnerability hangover afterward. <laughs> but a woman came up to me afterward and shared some of their struggles. And I gave her some ideas. And she said, what? Christians can do that? (laughs) And I said, absolutely. Between a husband and wife, if you're both in agreement. And so she went off. Well, the next morning she came running up to me and said, best night ever. (laughs) (laughs) It was so worth putting myself out there um, Mm -hmm. to, to, put meaning into a really, really important part of, of a husband and wife's relationship together. Absolutely. absolutely. And a part that affects everything else, right? That's right. If your sex life is going well, it's not that big of a deal. If it's not going well, it's a it's huge, huge. Deal. It's huge. Yeah. So what is your important message to Christian women today? What, what need are you meeting? 
Well, I find that a lot of ladies have got wrong messages or insufficient messages about what godly sexuality looks like. So I compare their brain to a computer. And so the input that they've had in their computer about sex has in a lot of cases been incorrect. It's been influenced by the world or it's just been uh, created through assumptions, what their girlfriend told them behind, you know, the, the store or in a late night sleepover or whatever. And so what I feel my mission is, is to help ladies change their thoughts. Because the premise of my book is if you change your thoughts, you will change your life. So what kinds of things am I talking about changing? Well, the first thing is how God views sex. There's many ladies, Christian ladies out there who think that God thinks sex is something that's dirty and that is, uh, that is not desirable and we shouldn't talk about it and it's shameful. It's like, it's like we, just made, we just figured this out. He never intended it. We just made it up. <laughs> exactly. And I can show them not the gospel according to Ruth, but from scriptures. I often use this example. I said, on the very first counseling session that God gave to Adam, what did he tell him to do? To leave, cleave, and do what? Become one flesh. He didn't say, Adam, have a Bible study with your new mate. Have a prayer meeting with that beautiful Eve. He said, no, make love. Use the bodies that I gave you that fit together perfectly to express your love to each other. And that was not the devil speaking. That was the (laughs) first thing that God asked Adam to do. So where in the world did we ever get into our computers the fact that it was something undesirable and God was mad at us and it's shameful and we certainly should feel guilty. So that's the first area. We need to change our thoughts on how God views sex. Okay. Second area is understand how your past is affecting your present sexual life. Mm -hmm. Now, they say that approximately one in four ladies in Canada have been sexually abused or have had negative um, sexual experiences. And some people have said, Ruth, those, those stats are, they're much worse even than what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, the pa- painful past that they've had directly influences their now relationship with their mate. Sometimes they feel like they're used material or because they're abused, they have anger issues with men and they just can't trust and, and give themselves to their husbands. So my message is, you know what? God wants to change those thoughts. Because yes, I'm not denying you haven't been hurt, but we do not want to leave you trapped in that. And, and somehow, if someone else has robbed you of what godly sexuality is, we don't want to let them continue to rob you and influence what's happening in your own bedroom. So my message is change your thoughts, girls. We can work through that. God can help you heal from that so that you can enjoy the uh, loving and exciting sex life that God wants you to. And I think that in the case of abuse, um, there there often, probably usually needs to be some outside third-party help. Absolutely. A pastoral it's- counselor, a psychologist, yeah, absolutely get help. Your marriage is so worth it. And this is a, a critically important part of it. Right. But they need sometimes someone to give them that push to say, you don't have to stay in this dysfunction. Somebody mm-hmm. wrecked your childhood, your teenage years, but do not give that person the power to wreck your adulthood. So a very important message. Yeah. And then the third thing, we talk about changing your thoughts about how men are wired. I find that many Christian women like me 
knew next to nothing about how a man was wired sexually. Mm. So the more information that I read about how God wired this guy, that he wasn't some sort of sexual pervert. This was like all this desire was actually God-given. Yes. The more that I learned about that, the better I could meet Simon's needs. So many things that I share with ladies, they go, I didn't know that. I said, join the club. Neither did I. But when I did, wow, did that ever enlighten me to know how to love my husband better. Mm -hmm. And then I talk about how do you um, maneuver through the various seasons of your marriage? Obviously, as a newlywed, your sex life is going to be different. You know, perhaps no kids, full night's sleeps, etc. It's going to be different than when you've got a house full of preschoolers and you're up at night and you're, you, these energy zapping kids are draining a lot of your energy. Your sex life changes. Yeah. And then perhaps as you have a house full of teenagers and mom's taxi and how busy life gets, oftentimes our sex life just gets lost in the shuffle. <laughs> well, uh, the problem comes when you can't stay up as late as your kids do. <laughs> <laughs> you <thought so>, right. <laughs> and then, um, of course, uh, age season, that brings some unique challenges as well. Like, mm -hmm. honestly, I was not prepared for how my body would change and my libido would change. And so helping ladies understand how the seasons of their marriage affect their sex life is really important information. And I can, again, because I've lived all of those seasons, can say, hey, learn from my mistakes. If I was doing it again, I'd do this better. Or here's mm -hmm. a strategy that really worked for me. Try it out, girls. <laughs> my husband once told me that my hot flashes were giving him frostbite. <laughs> Well, I tell, I used to tell Simon, I'm still hot, but it only comes in flashes. Yeah, now. exactly. Exactly. So let's talk about um, how, how does a woman approach her husband? Um, uh, how do we get our husbands to talk to us about sex? Well, and that's the next section I was just going to talk about is okay. after you have this information, you need to talk because many girls have not had a decent conversation about sex and perhaps their premarital counseling. And so in my seminar, I give a pages and pages of questions. Obviously, you're not going to sit down with a clipboard and say, sit down, dear, I want to talk to you. But over time, you want to explore many different things like, tell me about the family that you were raised in. Because obviously the way sex was handled in your home definitely has an effect on how you're relating now. Mm -hmm. And so we try to encourage the dialogue by asking meaningful questions. And then what are your expectations? What things can I do to improve? What things would turn you on? What things uh, will be exciting for you? When we actually broach the topic or breach the topic and, and open up that door, often we can learn so much. I know myself that the more I question Simon and I, I didn't feel um, inhibited and he also didn't feel inhibited to answer me, our sex life grew immensely. Why? Because we actually chose to talk about it. We're lots of couples. They get into bed under the covers, same old routine over and over again. And of course, sex becomes boring. Mm -hmm. But when you take the time to actually talk and grow together through these different seasons, it is just gives immeasurable benefit to your relationship. That sounds awesome. Um, let's talk about a sex life in babies. Is, is that even possible? 
I used to wonder about that. Absolutely. Because, you know, if you're nursing your baby, those hormones are killing your sex drive. I remember looking in the mirror when I got out of uh, the shower after just having the baby at my new but not improved body. <laughs> I said to Simon, oh, don't look at this. This is not a pretty sight. And he said, Ruth, stop it. He said, my attractiveness or my uh, desire for you is not based on size of hips and whatever. He said, this is a season that you're going to be going through. And hopefully at some point you'll return back to the old Ruth. But all of those things can definitely impact your own self-image of how you feel. Like, do I feel sexy anymore with these saggy boobs and this flabby stomach that I've got? And we say, hey, you know what? Yes, you can be. And then other things like uh, I wasn't getting full night's sleeps. So at the end of the day of chasing around preschoolers, and both of my kids were highly asthmatic, so they had their, their worst asthma attacks at night. So I didn't have a full night's sleep for the first four, uh, or first four years of our marriage. So oh. obviously by the time uh, evening came, I was most often zapped. It was no lack of love for Simon. I just didn't have the energy. So we had to do some different things. Yeah. So tell us what some of those strategies are that uh, we get some workarounds. Okay. Uh, first thing I said, Simon, making love at night doesn't work. Why don't we do it in the morning when we both had a good night's sleep while the kids are still sleeping? Or he used to come home in his lunch hour when the kids had been put down for their nap. I was alive. I was well. We were both uh, very energetic and we would enjoy some afternoon delight. Um, also, at times, hiring a babysitter. There were times when, after school, I would hire a babysitter to come in, and we could in connect and, and uh, enjoy some um, lovemaking during that time. Uh, other things that I did with um, that age group was to uh, obviously work on my self-image. I enrolled in a gym. I said, hey, I don't want to look like this forever. I do want to get back to my old life. And I did. And so when I did that, of course, it helped with my personal uh, self-esteem. Not saying that you have to have a perfect model body because my body changed forever after having babies. It never really returned to the old Ruth. But I did work at it. And when I did, I felt that um, uh, I was attractive and um, it was something that it was more important for me actually than it was for Simon. I think that's so true. And I, I would just really encourage women to do the best you can with what you have right now. Absolutely. Like, put in some effort, get as fit as you can, dress nicely, invest in the nice lingerie, um, put on a little makeup if that's what makes you feel pretty. If you feel beautiful, you will be beautiful to your husband. Absolutely. In almost every situation, I think that's true. Yes. I, I, I just want to take a little sidebar to say I, I watched this movie on the way home from Africa uh, last year, two years ago, um, called, I think it was called I Feel Pretty. Yes. And, and it, the, the actress who plays... Uh, this woman who has a really, really boring life um, in this comical um, accident in the gym falls and hits her head. She's not a particularly 
I mean, she's an attractive woman, but she's not a ravishing beauty. And she's certainly not a size six. She's a bigger woman. But when she hits her head, she, she comes to believe that she's a ravishing beauty. And the movie is, is sort of silly, but it goes on to how her life totally changes because she feels like she's beautiful. And so she walks into a room with confidence right. and people are attracted to her as a right. result. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Very and much. It's so, there's such truth to that. There certainly is. Not that we're totally defined by our physical uh, um, appearance. Like it's not like we're some plastic Barbie doll that has to look just absolutely perfect. No, it's it believing does in. Have, that's right. Believing in our own beauty, inner and outer. Absolutely. That it's a combination of both. I like it. Um, let's talk about the number one reason women don't want sex. Well, uh, they did a study in the States and they asked a number of women what the number one reason was. And the reason was too tired, too mm. tired. And I think in this day and age, when sometimes ladies are working full time, they come home and they start another job with, you know, the cooking, the cleaning, the vacuuming, the laundry. By the time they get to bed, they are absolute zombies. Yeah. And so I often felt that way. And there was a couple of things that I did. One was I decided, you know what, during this time when I've got preschool kids and I'm up in the night, I have to cut back in my work. I went from full time to half time. And it just made a huge difference. I did eventually return back to full time, but I thought I cannot be superwoman. I cannot be doing all of this well. So that was the first thing. Mm -hmm. And then another thing that I did was I used to look at sex as, uh, as compared to food. And just as we have fast food sex, main course meals where we sit down and we, uh, we aren't rushed. And then from time to time, we have buffets. We go out and it's a long, luxurious meal going back to the buffet a number of times. I decided that in order to have a sexual balanced diet, you could have three kinds of sex, fast food sex, main course meals, and buffet. So on those nights when I was so tired, I would ask myself, can I muster up another mm, three to five minutes worth of energy? Which, as probably most of you gals who are married realize that that's about all we need in some <laughs> to get the job done. And so, instead of saying, oh, I'm so tired, which was true, I could look Simon in the eye and say, look, I've got uh, some energy, not much, but... Tonight's the night for fast food sex or quickies as they're often referred yes. to. And so uh, it gives McHappy Meal a whole new meaning, doesn't it? Exactly. <laughs> and so we could have a very meaningful sexual encounter that didn't have to take all night. And he rolls over and he's feeling fulfilled. I'm rolling over and I'm feeling good. I didn't, I'm not guilty because I turned him down. Now, I can't live on quickies. There no. are times when, yes, we have to have main course meals when we, quote, set the table, as you referenced earlier, uh, put on lingerie, put on the nice music, sit down, talk, enjoy the meal. And then from time to time, you can have buffet. And that's a special occasion. The kids are gone away to grandma's. You've got all night to yourself. You're on an anniversary getaway. And then you can talk and explore new things in a buffet sort of uh, format. So that's another thing that really helped me during those times when I was tired yeah. is to say, I can have a quick sexual expression and it can be very meaningful 
and fit the bill during that time. I think the important caveat to the quickie is that it's, it's something that can be offered as a gift by the lower libido spouse. It is not something that can be demanded. Absolutely. Totally that, agree. I, yeah. I talk to ladies about, again, changing your thoughts and thinking as your body as a gift. And what does Proverbs say? When you refresh someone else, you always get a blessing yourself. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of gifts I wish I could give Simon. I don't have the money for but there's one gift I can give him that he never gets tired of opening. And And you're the only one who can give it to him. Yes, I am the only woman on the planet who can righteously satisfy his need. And so tonight I choose to give you the gift of my body. And when you, again, change your thoughts, because most of sex is 90% brain, which is your most important sex organ. And the rest is 10% is just actually the logistics of it. So when I began to change my thoughts and say, you know, I can in, in a quick or a medium or a long format, give you the gift of my body. I bless you, but I also bless myself. And what does scripture say? Give and it will be given unto you. And that's, that's exactly, right. that's exactly what happens. That is right. Now, Ruth, we don't have a ton of time left here. A couple of minutes. Tell us about your, your online seminar. Yes. As you heard, I used to do uh, in-person seminars, but I'm getting older now. I wanted to spend more time with my grandkids. So I put the entire course online so that you can go and you can purchase it there. In addition to my uh, talk, which is um, obviously based on the, the live seminars, I also interviewed a sex therapist. I interviewed a um, pelvic, um, pelvic floor specialist. Oh, that's I, so important. Yes. So some of the areas where I felt that I wasn't, um, uh, I wasn't qualified to speak on, I interviewed a medical doctor. So it really gives a much broader uh, chat about this topic than what I can give just from my own personal experiences. So go to my website, hot and holy lady and with a and D lady.com. All the information's there. Another thing I also do one-on-one counseling because often when ladies take my course, they say, Ruth, there's a few things I just want to ask you about. That's unique to me. I say, no problem. Schedule an appointment. And in addition to that, I've also counseled many men who say, Ruth, I obviously am doing something wrong. Help me learn to love this woman better. What can I do to satisfy her? And so men also, there's a tab at the top where I've helped many men because I'm a woman and they say, oh, Ruth, you've helped me so much because it's coming from a woman's perspective. Right. So this course is- Your book that's by the same title as the course, that's available on your website too? Yes. And it's it's actually the textbook for the course. So you get the book when you sign up for the okay, course. Okay, I get it. Feel like that. And then you can, you know, follow along. There's there's um uh, you know, Bible studies and reflection sheets. There's a whole bunch of handouts that go along with the course. Okay. And so this, this course is not only good for married ladies, but engaged ladies. You need yes. to set yourself don't you up wish for you'd gone into? Don't you wish you'd gone into marriage with a whole lot more knowledge oh, than you had? Absolutely. So it makes yeah. a perfect wedding gift okay. for engaged ladies to say, hey, get, uh, start your uh, marriage on the right foot and prepare and set yourself up 
for success in this area. That's awesome. Well, we are out of time. Thank you so much, Ruth. It was fascinating chatting with you. And uh, we're going to have Ruth's website and the name of her book and, and seminar up on the description on Faith Strong Today. And so um, you can look for it there. I'm Donna Carter, and you've been listening to Grow on the Go. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.